Good morning. While we go, while we go into some of the teaching and while we look at uh, what Jesus, what I call as his magnum opus, is his teaching of teachings of, of what he uh, wanted to convey to his followers, but also to convey to all people. Here's the reality. We've gone through a, it's been a tough week. I don't know for you, you know, if you, if, you, if you read the news, and I hope you do, because you can pray for the world when you read the news. The, the, the events that took place down in Texas there, just heartbreaking, to say the least, heartbreaking. And just so much anger and sorrow and pain, and just, it's just so thick. And I have no comprehension of what they're dealing with, like none. I don't know. I, did, I don't know how they do. I don't know how they get up. Like, I really don't. And then you read what's going on still continuing, the Ukraine just worsening and things, and you look, where is peace? Where are we? When are we going to stop this mess, right? It's just you, you, look, you look to God and you go, God, we do need you. We definitely need you. So um, there you go. So just, uh, you know how you sometimes in the news they'll show a video or they'll have an article and uh, they'll, just, they'll just have a caption that says, you know, graphic details or whatever like this, you know, just buyer beware sort of thing. Or if you watch a movie, you know, up, oh, this is what uh, you can expect. You know, uh, Jesus has that too on his teaching. Um, I, haven't known, I haven't known churches to do that, you know. Warning. <laughs> Uh, but Jesus puts a warning. That's right at the tail end of his teaching that says that if you just simply listen but don't do as, as what I'm teaching you, he says, you're foolish. <laughs> We're foolish if we just listen. We don't apply it. And it's a fairly heavy warning he gives. But he says he, he calls us to be like wise people who build their houses on strong foundations. And that strong foundation is Jesus, but it's also the Jesus way, uh, what, the life Jesus is calling us to because it's the only life that is for real, is the real deal. Um, one thing, one of the things that I've, I've come to appreciate about Jesus in this teaching is that he is not a motivational speaker. He doesn't come to motivate you and give you rah, 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 and pump you up. He's more like a doctor where you go for your, you know, your periodic health check, they call it now. It used to be called the medical, physical, whatever. And uh, it's not so much them giving you a high five, the doctor. It's like, here, have a seat. We're, uh, let me pull up your uh, blood report here. Or I need you to hop on the scale. <laughs> Sad thing, right? You know, and they just want to get down. Let's really find out what's going on. It's a very sincere conversation the doctor wants to have with you. And Jesus wants to have a very sincere conversation with you, with us, with, with people about their heart. Not about behaviors. Let's get that. He's very clear. He's about the heart. Now, there's a shift that Jesus takes in his teaching here, and that when we're going to this next topic, and it's a shift that goes from into, into the warning against false securities that we have to do with our reputation, the recognition we need, and also with wealth. And he, he goes there because we do have these things we hold on to that, that if we could get all this, you know, just speak of wealth, right? You know, we hold on to it. Look how quickly it can just evaporate from you, right? Just gone. So he now shifts into that. So I want to uh, read to you from Matthew 6, 1 to 4, where Jesus says, Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do 
blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Now on the surface, this topic seems really easy because all it would be like, okay, that's your teaching. We all go out, do something nice. Don't tell anybody that you did it. And good, you can check that off. Done it. That's not what Jesus is after, because if we start to see these as little checklists that we got to go through and we make sure we do all these things, we just fall right into the trap of legalism and uh, we, are, we rate our goodness depending on how many check marks we got. And if you only have a few check marks, not so good. But if you have a lot, look at me, <laughs> and this is exactly what Jesus goes after here. So he says, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. Now, can you imagine what that must feel like to watch someone do that, to blow trumpets? And literally, they did that. Some did that back then. Dun, 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 look at me, <laughs> right? So weird, so awkward, <laughs> right? You'd wonder, right? You want, it begs the question, why would someone do an act of kindness or give a gift to someone and then broadcast to everyone, look at me, look what I did. But we, people do that, right? People do that. You know, it's weird. Now, imagine someone comes to your birthday party, right? And uh, they have their gift. And then, they, and then when you open it, they go on about how they got it, where they got it from, how much it cost. And because they love you so much, and all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden this celebration turns into, it's not about you anymore. <laughs> it's now about them and how, and look what they did. And it's so awkward, and it's a little bit stinky, because everybody can smell it, right? Nobody says anything, but they, they, can, they can smell it, right? Now, a surface response would be, what is their problem? <laughs> right? That's what, that'd be the surface. You wouldn't say it, but you'd think it. People think it. What's their problem, eh? You know, or, or they're rude or whatever thing, anything like that. Jesus, though, if he was there at that party, he would tend to go want to know what's behind that. Go into the heart. Let's go down here. You're doing. You're reacting some way because there's something going on in your heart that we need to bring up to the surface here and recognize and acknowledge. And uh, Jesus does that. He wants to know what's going on inside. And in this topic, Jesus, again, is going after the heart. It's not the behavior. It's what is going on. Because the reality is there's something in the heart, something like this, where there's a void. Something in there that needs to be filled. There's a longing there that the person needs that's not getting met. And so we do the things we do. It drives us to, to different various actions. And in here, it was about getting noticed. And Jesus wanted to know, you know, digs down what is that all about? It's this thing of called motive. Um, the thing that moves us to act, be it good or bad, you can have there's good motives, but there's also the, the ones that aren't good. It's, and Jesus wants to dig into that, what is going on there? 
And that's why he calls them in, calls people into, when you do your acts of charity, shh about it. Do it for God. You don't have to blow your trumpets. Don't do that, right? It's uncomfortable for people. And he addresses it to the hypocrites. And we'll get to there just in a minute here. But there's the reality is, here's the reality for the human heart, the human being. There's something in each of us that longs for recognition. We want to be recognized. We want people to notice us. It's a human felt need that we have. That's why anyone who walks through the doors here, it's important that they are noticed. Nobody wants to be invisible and go unnoticed. Nobody does. And I'm not talking about, so when I talk about recognition, I'm not talking about being up front, blowing trumpets, that. People just want to be noticed. They want to know that. They have that question. There's that question they have. And that question is, do I matter? To anybody. Do I matter to anybody? And I would, I would guess to say that for most people, for most people who are doing the look at me sort of thing, there's a longing, there's a need there that they want to be recognized. They want to be seen. It's not so much that they're being rude. Maybe they are. But I think for most people, it's, do I matter? And Jesus addresses that. It's why, it's one of the things, that's why families, relationships, groups, clubs, those things we want to be a part of. You look at how, how the world is organized in cities and towns and villages and counties and countries and nations. We have our flags, our languages. Why? Because I know I'm, that's where I belong, right? I know that. There's that sense I belong somewhere. Here's a reality. There's millions of people who are stateless. You know that? They don't have a nation. They are in refugee camps all over the world. And they don't have, they, they, no, there's no nation that will take them. It's painful what they have to go through. Painful. And the question they're asking to the world is, do I matter? Right? But let's get back to what Jesus is getting at here. I mentioned that it's interesting who Jesus addresses. It's not just the religious elites or the Samaritans or, you know, hypocrites is who he addresses. He says, don't be like the hypocrites. And a hypocrite comes from the whole thing of acting. That's in acting, people, the actors portray someone they're not, right? Because you know. Whoever you watch in a movie or whatever, whatever, whoever your favorite actor is, that's not who they really are in real life. We all know that, right? That's the whole idea. But, and you want that in acting, right? They play. The, the reason they're good actors is they can put on, they can be someone else. That's what makes them good. But when you apply that to how you live your life, that's when it goes sour, goes south. That's when 
the hypocrite, the you, what you're presenting to other people, totally different from what's in here. The two don't jive. It's like this facade you have. Oh, they must be like this, but underneath they're not at all like that. Not at all, right? And Jesus it calls that out, that whole thing of the hypocrites. And it's tough. Church is very good at it. In the sense of, I grew up, I, I, don't, I don't know about if you grew up in the church, and now here it's not, but it, when, when I grew up, it was very important that you put your Sunday best on. Saturday nights, I don't know what you do on Saturday night, but when I was a kid, Saturday night, we made sure our shoes were polished for Sunday. <laughs> that was important. And I, and I just thought that was important. And I was used to that with most of the churches I grew up, and then stumbled upon the vineyard, and it was like, they dress down. <laughs> there is no polishing going on Saturday nights. <laughs> and you see that, you know, throughout the other churches, right? Now, it's, it's no longer. That's not the big deal anymore. But where you present a facade. And that can go south very quickly. One of the big news items this week, and it was meant, David Roos mentioned it on Friday night, but the Southern Baptist Convention, largest denomination in the U.S., they had their big gathering, and it's going to, there's going to be another one in June. But what's come out for them is a huge report on the sexual abuse that has taken place throughout their churches with their church leaders towards congregants, towards children and youth, towards other staff. And as if that's not bad enough, worse than that was the fact that their high-ranking high leaders in the church their exec, what they would call their executive officers, how they suppressed it over the past number of decades to the point of denigrating people who were victims, hushing them. 300-page report. And the report is a hard read. It's a hard read. It's painful. And that came out. Now, on, on the plus side, if you want to say there's a plus side, they're addressing it. They're addressing it. But don't doubt for a second that there's not damage that has been done. Damage has been done. In the New York Times, there was a commentary written by one of their, uh, a guy by the name of David Brooks. He's written for the Times for the last 20 years. Been part of the, he's part of the New York Times. He's a journalist. And what he's known for, he wrote a book a number of years ago, years ago called The Road to Character. And... On May the 26th, he wrote an article, and he entitled it, The Southern Baptist Moral Meltdown, pointing out in his article how they say one thing, but they do something else. Now, why, why do I bring this up? Because it's reality. It's things we got to talk about. What Jesus does in his sermon, what Jesus does in the Gospels, he's calling people to real life. And living like hypocrites is not real life. It's fake. And things don't get addressed. But David Brooks, I want to read to you his closing paragraph. It's not long. And he says this. We're living in a period of wash and cruelty, not only with abuse scandals, but also with mass shootings, political barbarism, and the atrocities in Ukraine. 
And how much will the pummeling act of experiencing the news these days lead to empathy erosion? Where will the forces of rehumanization come from? Apparently not from our religious elites. That's a scathing indictment. But that, we shouldn't be surprised by that. And we shouldn't, what we got to be careful we don't do is jump and go, how dare you, David Brooks, say something, point to the ch- God's church like that. And it's easy for you to spout that off. Because you know who else said something very similar to that? Guess. <laughs> yeah, Jesus did. Absolutely. Jesus did. He's talking to the crowds, talking to the, his disciples, and he says these words. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. Ouch. Jesus is saying something very, very similar. And he goes on in that passage in chapter 23, he goes on to say they are a lot like cops that are clean on the outside, but inside they're dirty. (laughs) They haven't been washed. They're like whitewashed tombs, he says, that are filled with dead man's bones. And he calls the Pharisees out. You're good with the show. But again, you have to go back to, so what is going on in the hearts of the Pharisees? What's going on in the hearts of us who need it's recognition? Why is there this need, this hunger for recognition? Why? What is there? What's missing? He says, we go back to his words in his teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. And that word reward is used three times in his passage, what we're looking for, right? That thing we're looking for. And because what we're asking, what people are, when they, when they look for recognition, what they're asking is, do I, am I noticed? Do people care? Do I matter to people? Do I matter to others? I need that. We have that innate longing in our heart to be needed. We want to have that void filled by others. And it is a form of manipulation in a way when we do that, when we go about it that way. It is a form of manipulation, but it will never be satisfied. It's like anything that we have an emptiness in our heart. We go for things, we think it's going to fill it, and it doesn't fill it. We know it doesn't, but we keep going there anyway. And Jesus points in this passage, if you're looking for your reward, where do you look? Lean back into the heart of Jesus. Lean back into the heart of God. That's where you get your reward. And that reward, it is, it fills deeply. And I can't explain it for myself, but it's this whole thing of letting God come and love me. 
Letting him come and love me for who I am. Now, I don't know how it is. I don't know how it happens. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that when God loves, I feel complete. I feel whole. I feel okay. And it goes beyond just getting recognized by somebody. There is a completeness that takes place. It settles my restless heart. And it's the heart of Jesus. And Jesus wants you to know, you do matter. You do matter to him. You do matter. One of the poignant times in Jesus' life was when he, he, had a, he had a deep love for the city of Jerusalem. Eh? Deep love for the people. And Luke records in his gospel that he comes, when he looks over at the city, he says these words, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. The city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. You wouldn't let me. Do you hear the, the, what, what Jesus is saying there? I want to. I want to gather you. I want to love on you. I want to do that. He's always looking to gather those who will let him. You know where there's you know there's an account in the gospels that is very profound that really shows this willingness that if we will just let him love me, God will is when Jesus was on the cross. And there was a man, and Luke records this. It's what I like about Luke. He captures some of the stories, which tells me a lot about Luke's heart. But as Jesus was there in the process of being executed, there was another guy in the process of being executed as well. He turns to Jesus and he says, Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Because he had no other place to go, right? When you're at the end of your life, you're at the end of your life. What he was saying to Jesus, Jesus, will you recognize me? Will you remember me? I don't want to be forgotten. I don't want to just disappear. And like a hen with her chicks, Jesus took him under his wing and spoke these words to him, I assure you today, you'll be with me in paradise. And you see the actual physical embrace of God taking a person under his wing and saying, I will love you. I recognize you. I see you. You matter in the kingdom of heaven. You matter beautiful picture. Today, Jesus grieves. I have no doubt he grieves over his church throughout the world, throughout North America. And I think Jesus says, how I want to gather you. Just as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, that Jesus longs to gather us if we will just let him. So 
easy, so simple, right? That void in your heart, I tell you right now, and for those who are watching online, I say to you, there's only one who can fill that emptiness because we can run and run in different things to try and fill it, and it never fills, never lasts. It's like eating cotton candy. Tastes good. Doesn't sustain you, though. (laughs) There's no diet that's come up with cotton candy. It doesn't work. But Jesus, God's love sustains us, makes us whole, makes us complete. It's that shalom that we're looking for in our lives. That, That peace that passes, that Paul talks about, passes all comprehension that we don't understand, that we don't get. What's the reward that you get? What's the reward? When you run to Jesus, your reward is you're known, you're remembered, and you are loved. That's the reward. And that's why Jesus says, don't do your good deeds to get recognized by others. Because you'll get your reward. It's not going to last. Jesus says, go about doing it quietly. And let your Father reward you. It's leaning back into the heart of Jesus. It's what it is. Letting him love you. John got it. John knew it because he was the one who would lean back into Jesus. Beautiful. Jesus, you go right to the, to the deep into our hearts. Oh, you have a way, God, to just go and just take your finger and go all the way down and bang, touch on that sore spot. And God, how we want to be known. Every human being wants to be known, wants to know that they matter. And Father, I thank you that you are the one who says to us, you matter, you matter to me. If you've never encountered this Jesus, you need to know he, you matter to him. You matter. Doesn't matter who you are. You matter. Doesn't matter what you've done. You matter. That man on the other cross beside Jesus knew he had nowhere else to go. He had nowhere else to turn to. All he asked Jesus, will you remember me? And Jesus says, I'll do way better than that. You're going to be with me in paradise because you matter to me. And so, Father, Lord, I just pray for those who are listening. Lord, for those who have never encountered you, I pray, Lord, they will just turn to you and say yes to you. Turn and face Jesus now. Hear him say to you, you matter to me. That's what it means to say yes to Jesus. That's your reward. So that your heart will be complete. Your life will be complete. And you'll be in that love forever. I pray for your word, for your breath to go deep into people's hearts. To fill that void. To fill that void. We say, Lord, together, come Holy Spirit.